a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by the folks at Alpine Star Protects. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. This is a recap of the Red Bull straight rhythm and then uh, more discussion about the 2018 Monster Energy Supercar Series. So we're covering uh, two, two energy drinks, and if we just uh, want to talk about the Rockstar Husky team, we can cover all three. Uh, thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Fly Racing, uh, the official gear of Weston Pike, among others, uh, Blake Baggett as well, Dakota Alex, Benny Bloss on the uh, RM uh, MC ATV KTM team, and uh, thanks to the folks at Fly Racing for all they do, flyracing.com. The uh, pink gear at the Monster Cup has been uh, out and about now and, and for sale. So if you saw the, guy, the stuff that uh, Hammaker won, win, uh, won with, uh, it's out now. So you can get it. Uh, for 2018, they've created their lightest, most comfortable and durable gear yet. Gear that lasts and gear that performs. Ride after ride, race after race. Flyracing.com. Prepare, perform, and progress. Um, also, to uh, Alpine Star Protects, uh, you know their boots. Tech 7s, Tech 10s, Tech 8s, uh, but they got a whole line of protection products. Uh, the Bionic Neck Support Tech Carbon is engineered to help prevent neck injury and minimize the risk of collateral damage. Construction of the BNS is from an advanced carbon polymer for optimized frame strength and lightweight performance. Alpine Star Protects, please check them out for much more than boots. Like I said, they've got you uh, handled, and uh, we thank the folks at Alpine Star Protects as well. Racer X Online, please go on, subscribe, read the latest and greatest uh, to talk more about that and the Red Bull Straight Rhythm, and those Monster Energy Cup Supercross changes. My boss at uh, RacerX Online, Jason Wygant. Yeah! What's up? Oh, man, so much going on, and I just want to add, the uh, Fly Racing uh, gear was also ridden uh, by Stank Dog to the two-stroke win. So this gear, is just all it does is win. All, it's and, like Tim Tebow. Yeah, and I, I wore Fly and my two dirt bike rides for the first time in seven years. Uh, six, seven years or whatever, I rode dirt bikes, and I've worn fly racing both times. Shocked. Yeah. Shocked that you would be wearing fly racing. <laughs> uh, they make it husky man size, so it's very, very, very convenient. Oh, so so we can we can go tell, like, Zacco, husky and also husky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Husky riders and husky riders. Right, right. Yeah, me and Zacco are pretty much the same. He is a husky rider, as, I, yep. as am I. Mm-hmm. Um, you were at the press conference, Monster Energy Cup, so that's exciting. Um, they asked, they invited me Monster to go. Monster Energy Supercross, the what? changes, not Monster Energy Cup. Oh, did I say Cup? Yes. Still on the brain. Monster were you Ener- at Monster Energy Cup press conference? Yes. Did you go to that? Yes. Oh, you were? Okay. Um, so, they invited me to the press conference to announce the Supercross changes, as well as promote the Tampa Supercross, which is back um, in, in the mm-hmm. series for the first time since 1999, despite a few people saying it was never on the series before at that stadium. 
It was. Um, they invited me, and then I said I would love to go. I said I looked at flights, and it's pretty expensive. Do you guys want to cover the flights? And they said, uh, no, that's all right, man. So <laughs> my uh, my uh, involvement only considered of, of an invite, which I thanked them for the invite, but uh, it only went so far. Um, but you were there at the press conference? They were very excited. I mean, when I walked in, they were very, very excited. Todd Gendro. Pretty much head cheese of Supercross, like bolted across the room to shake my hand. I, really? I think it meant a lot to them. They'd never done anything like this, you know, a press conference just randomly in the middle of the off season, not tied into a race that was happening the yep. next day. Yep. And you know, they could have probably announced this at Monster Cup, but mm-hmm. they didn't want to overshadow Monster Cup, so they were taking a bit of a risk. So the fact that they got at least one guy to show up and, and buy a plane ticket, which Race Rex did. Uh, I think they were pumped on that. Yeah, no, and and yeah, that's nice of, of you know. Let's face it, you're not going that far either. You're going from Charlotte to, to Tampa. Yeah, and what I said was, look, in general, whether the changes are earth shattering or not, and let's be honest, they're not. That's not going to like blow up everything you've ever seen in Supercross. And there is a live the press conference is live. Yeah, uh, you can watch on the web. So, did I have to go for that purpose? No, but I feel like folks like you and I, the rest of us in the media. We keep asking for more transparency, more access to the guys that failed and the decisions that go on. So I said to Ginger, I'm like, look, man, we've been asking for it, so i got to put my money where my mouth is, and if you yep. hold one of these in Russia next year, I'm going to have to go because this is what we asked for, um, yeah. and you gave it to us, so here yeah. I am. No, I, I agree. Uh, so we'll, yep. we might have Jason Thomas join us here in a little bit. Uh, he's actually working for Fly Racing right now, and uh, I'm sure he'll want to weigh in on the Supercross changes so he'll be on, uh, hopefully, uh, later on in the show. Thanks to Fly Racing, though, anyways, for making this happen. And also, too, we just please subscribe to Racer X Magazine. Yeah, uh, it is totally different, totally different than anything else uh, we got right now. I just literally yesterday completed a story on uh, JGR becoming Suzuki's factory team uh, and the two weeks of engineers from Japan uh, over here in North Carolina and the 16-hour meetings and all the discussions uh, that it took um, to integrate. I mean, let's be honest, you have worked for these teams. A factory team being based not in California is a risky proposition. It's pretty much never happened, I don't think. Can you think of an example like Um, that? No, not really. Do we count uh, Buku Honda with David Villeman? I don't know. No. I don't think we do. (laughs) Ask him. (laughs) <laughs> Definitely not. Um, so, and it's been a journey. You know, it took working with RCH for five years for Suzuki to realize you can trust other people who aren't necessarily full-time Suzuki employees. Um, but they've gotten here, uh, and and I thought it was really interesting to hear this whole process. So, anyway, we're covering that in the magazine. It'll be coming next yeah. month. This one that's out right now. I think we mentioned before a really cool story on this Honda CRF one fifty, which has been around. Quite a long time now, what, 12, 13 years? And it has not taken over the sport like so many feared it would. No, no, it did not. But at the same time, apparently, it's by far the best-selling bike in the class, which shows, I think, I think what we discovered is a lot of people buy them because they're fun bikes. They don't necessarily go to win races with them at their local motocross track, but there's a place for it. Um, kind of worked out in a completely different way than than people expected. Um, so, yeah, please check it out. And I am working on a new uh, oral history long-form article for Racer X Online. I've started it, and I forgot how much damn work these things are. Oh, so yeah. we're yeah. going to try to try to have that out by January. Uh, okay. But it's, it's I mean, that's a promotion of the online thing, but just I'm working on this, everybody. So please subscribe to the magazine so they can keep paying me so I can keep working this hard on this stupid stuff. There you go. There we go. Um, okay, so 
Red Bull Straight Rhythm, uh, you were there announcing. You were there. I was you there. You came. I was there. Uh, I got guilted into it so bad, but that's okay, and that's fine. I enjoyed it. I was happy I went. I'm not, I'm not trying to make it sound like I was bitter at going. Uh, it was my first one I've ever been to. Um, let me just say this. Uh, I, didn't, I missed practice. I got there in between practice and the night show, and I was really surprised that the um, – the vibe is low-key, man. Uh, there's some trucks there. TLD, KTM had their trucks there. But otherwise, it was box fans. It was hanging out. The fans were cool. Like, the vibe was way cool. Uh, it reminded me of the yearly U.S. Opens uh, vibe, 98, 99, 2000. Um, so that part was really cool. I was really surprised at that. Like, RV was just hanging, you know? Mike Brown just hanging out under an easy up. So yeah. You just don't really see that too much. So that part was cool. And, um, yeah, I'm glad I went. You worked with the great Rick Johnson. And so before we get too far into this, how was RJ? RJ's RJ, man. Oh. There's very few people that are more themselves than uh, RJ. The only person I know that's more themselves all the time is uh, our buddy Steve Cox. Steve Cox never fails to be Steve Cox. RJ never fails to be RJ. He's He's got opinions. He's got insights. He's never at a loss for, um, you know, this guy should try this, or I used to do this. Like he's just, he's just got information and knowledge, and he likes to talk. Yep. So yep. forget the show. You know, it's just hanging out with RJ himself. Yeah. <laughs> Working with him on TV is it's a bonus. I'm not familiar with those two guys that were doing the live announcing. Do you know who they were? Yeah, they do the uh, original and still best um, motocross internet radio show. Oh. No, EMXS no. radio. Maybe you've heard, you haven't heard of it. No, no, never heard of it. Never heard of it. <laughs> I think what we're underlying here is, you know, this is a. A, a one-off event, you know, it's not an AMAFIM sanctioned event. Um, so, so I think some people might wonder, like, so who's actually like running it? But when you go to it, it's all familiar faces. You know, everything from, yeah, the two live announcers are the DMXS guys. People know who they are. TV is me and Rick Johnson. People know who we are. And then really behind the scenes, it's being run by Eric Pernard, who has done a million things for a million riders. He's Started in Duracross, started the U.S. Open. When X Games had a motocross race, he ran it. Bercy, Geneva, you name it, Eric's behind it. So, And it's all his staff. So when you go there, it's not like, who's this rando running this rando event? Yeah. And uh, Trey Kennard was there helping out with track design and safety? Yeah, that cool. was a debut for Trey's um, new new venture here to try to be like a, a safety go-between. Yeah. I think um, this week he's pitching it to, to Fell to see if he can make this a real – a real functioning thing. Yeah, uh, that'll be interesting to see if if uh, if that works or not. Um, and yeah, uh, Jason Baker did the track, so he's great. Does all the practice tracks or a lot of the practice tracks for guys, so he knows yeah. what he's doing. Um, and uh, it was uh, it was a fun event. I mean, it, it really is made for TV. When you're there, you're standing there and you're watching a TV screen, and then you're watching them for ten seconds come by you, and then you're watching a TV screen. So, True. Um, you know, whatever. But the vibe was cool. I was down in the pits. I didn't go into the stands. So maybe it was different up in the stands end of things. Um, but really a neat event. Really cool. Um, Marvin, that's probably the 20, easiest 25 grand he's ever made for winning yeah. the Premier Class. <laughs> and um, uh, McElrath won the, um, won the 250 class, right? Did I get that right? Yeah. It is funny how you watch it all, but even as the night goes on, and I'm even announcing it and calling it, it just starts to blur. Like, you can't remember who eliminated who, and did it take three runs or did it take two runs? Um, yeah. It really starts to blur together um, after a while. If, if I was to offer any advice, it would be that. It would be cutting some, cutting some segments, cutting some things, 
because it, it makes it like, do we need three runs for the third place rider? We probably don't. We just need one. We just need one run. Oh, like a winner take all. You get third place. Yeah, you get one fourth. Race. You get fourth. We don't need. That's I don't think. Best of three. That's not a bad idea. That's not three, a bad idea at all. Yeah, and you know? they did. This year, with adding the two-stroke class, it had a side benefit. I think the open, maybe both classes, they used to have 16 riders, and they'd go from then down to eight, down to four, down to two. This year, every class just started with eight. Mm-hmm. You don't need 16 in any class. No, 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 absolutely. So they, they took some steps already to, to cut it back. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, do you think the Monday press conference announcing the Monster Energy uh, Supercross Series changes? The day, the two days after the first news day, to talk about the Red Bull straight rhythm was a coincidence. I thought that same thing at first because mm-hmm. I'm the one that had to change all my flights to yeah. make it from one event in California to the another event in Florida. But uh, honestly, that press conference for Monster Energy Supercross, they had already scheduled a press event for the local Tampa media at the stadium to announce Tampa's back. Tickets are on sale starting Tuesday which is today when we're recording this. So basically they had already scheduled that based on the day the tickets went on sale. And I don't think they could coordinate it to that degree. Like, let's make sure the tickets go on sale two days after straight rhythm just to ruin them. Like, too many moving parts. So I think it ended up being a, a coincidence. That's Any of you folks that watched that press conference live, you only got half of it because the first 15 minutes was all about Tampa, Tampa Sports Commission, Tampa Governor, no, blah, got, blah, blah. We got that. I think we got that. They showed, I think they showed some of it, but I could just tell as soon as the text started coming in. I'm like, we're already 10 minutes in, I think. Or maybe you did see the whole thing. Um, But it was, the event was like 60% for local Tampa media and sports commission and 40% for industry folks like us. So I don't think they scheduled it based around straight rhythm, although it's tempting. Just throwing that out there. Um, Okay. Because a lot of people are dicks to each other in the industry, and that sucks. So. Um, but, yeah, but, but they, like I said, right. it was held the day before 2018 tickets went on sale. So do you think they even arranged that? They, well, I think they could arrange the tickets to go on sale on uh, Thursday, the 26th, if they wanted to. I mean, does it really, you know what I mean? They're going to move the press conference on a Wednesday and put the tickets on sale on a Thursday. Yeah, but the tickets could have gone on sale in November also. Like, I, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like it's just when they happen to. Yeah, that's why I'm like, be. okay, let's right, right. just, let's just. Agree to disagree. Move on. Um, All right. Uh, okay. So, oh, so you're not convinced? No, I'm not. It. No, I'm not. Why? Why a random Monday uh, after the competition has a uh, not the competition because it's failed as a competition with Red Bull, but the main sponsor that's becoming more and more inter- interlinked. By the way, every single year we go through this. So um, I was just thinking when it comes to ticket sales and building stuff or, or stuff involving a stadium that those schedules are so randomly varied that any of the little industry concerns uh, can't overpower it. So tickets have to go on sale on October 24th on a Tuesday? Well, I don't know. I mean, the ticket comp, the, the whole ticket thing is much more elaborate. It's not like Fell just puts a link on their website. This runs through, like, Ticketmaster and all this other crap. All right, let's so just, I don't know. Let's I mean, just... yes, they can essentially pick any date they want, but I feel like there's probably 132 moving parts behind why these dates get picked. Okay. And I don't know if it's just because of Red Bull Street, really, right. or... Because of it at all. All right, that's fine. Go pet your unicorn and your and everything else in the world that you live in. Your chocolate river that runs beside your house and everything else. All right, no, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, okay. Right. So, so straight rhythm. Um, yeah, Marv. Marv won 25k. Um, 
really cool. The Alta bike that Josh Hill rode didn't make it out of the first round, which was a little bit disappointing because uh, that thing was interesting. Um, Chad Reed showed up on a two-stroke, didn't make it out of practice, which sucked because that was also interesting. RV didn't make the finals, which was unexpected also. Yeah. Um, so there was some surprises like and, and some things that I was pumped for that didn't even come to fruition um, myself. But I still had a really fun time. I still thought it was great. Um, do you want to tackle the Ronnie Mack thing now, or do you want to tackle the Chad Reed, Ryan Villapoto stuff? Yeah, let's let's start with uh, Reed and, and, and Villapoto. Although yeah. I, I was going to say, when uh, I think your buddy uh, A-Ray lined up, did, was he the one lined up against Marvin? Did you did what no, were you he think? Tickle. He was tickle. Oh, did you think he could do it? Did you think he could do it? No. It's no, I it's didn't. It's a hilarious part of this event, like in these first rounds. And oh, I'm trying to remember who went against Stu, like the second year. It was somebody like that, and you're like, do you think he can do it? Like, do you think he can take Stu down? <laughs> and it's just like I don't know. It was like Clayson or somebody like that. Right, right. By it's the, really funny when you get these matchups in the first rounds. By the way, Kay Clayson is eligible to compete in the Red Bull Rhythm Straight Rhythm. So if we can Ooh, just good point, if this we might can, be his, if we just find twelve of these a year for him. He can have a career. Well, so. we said that same thing about James, and it didn't work. Yeah, good point. You're right. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, RVs came out. I talked to him a little bit. Uh, the Kawasaki KX250. Um, by the way, odd to you, Wygant, that Kawasaki didn't have a presence there for RV, and it was a pro-circuit operation because, yes, odd to me. Yeah, um, odd or maybe not completely odd, um, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, Maybe. Um, yeah, yeah. I, as as a couple people identified to me, there the, the seat had a Cowie logo, but we didn't see much else. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he did have monster stuff. It wasn't anti-monster. And and one thing I can never ever ever stress enough. I know I just said that Feld wasn't purpose holding a press conference to kind of douse the Red Bull straight rhythm vibe. But Red Bull absolutely positively wants monster guys to compete in this race. They are mostly doing this event to get a big TV rating and to make their Red Bull TV thing successful. They know that Eli Tomac competing in this would help that. Um, I feel bad because they sometimes get branded as, see, they're the only guys that win are Red Bull guys. They only want Red Bull guys in it because they want Red Bull guys to dominate. But I've never known Red Bull to operate uh, that way. Let me ask you this. Do you think at a Monster Energy Supercross event, a giant Red Bull van could be pulled into the pits and parked and claimed as a pit vehicle uh, for somebody. Well, when it clearly I was mean, when it clearly was not a pit vehicle. Uh, I don't know. How do you define that? I mean, there's a whole lot of Red Bull logos in the pits at a Supercross. Yes, on semi trucks and things that have to be in there. What is this? An actual vehicle? I didn't realize this. Yes, yes. Josh Hill drove in. Yeah. I assume Josh Hill. I assume Josh Hill drove in a monster van yep. that was an yep. F F F one fifty van, giant monster mm-hmm. logos all over it. Pit it next to the Alta, but Alta was there with Hill's bike and working on it with their own vans and everything else. That van was not needed in the pits at all. But I'm sure they said, "Hey, this is the monster." People were like, "This is my pit vehicle," and the Red Bull guys went, "Cool, right on, drive it on in." Just they don't w- care. I mean, no, no, fact, but, but I'm just saying, they, flip that, yeah. flip that. What happens? Oh, I'm not sure because there'd be, it'd be too, would they be pumped on it? No, but how are you going to, 
hand in the Bible proves, we know you don't need this fan as a pit vehicle. We know you don't. I don't know how you prove that. But we do know, from talking to our buddy Kenny Watson and whatnot, Toyota's a sponsor, and you have a non-Toyota automotive sponsor, mm-hmm. start, stuff starts getting tricky. That's what I mean. That's what, I'm not just saying it on Monster. Yeah. I'm saying yeah. in yeah. general, like that's that stuff doesn't work. Yes, but, but the Red Bull has historically been very uh, open-minded about this because I think they're aware that so much of their brand is based on like we are part of this culture of all these alternative type of uh, events and sports. That as soon as you start to make them seem a little less genuine and manipulated. Mm-hmm. and we want certain guys to win, and we don't want certain guys to compete, you pretty much blow all of that equity that you spent mm-hmm. 10 years and billions of dollars to yep. build up. Yep. Um, if They could never say, we don't want Eli Tomac to compete because he might beat a Red Bull guy, because then it defeats the whole purpose of everything they're doing. So Absolutely. Just because you haven't seen Monster guys in it, they invite them every year. They invite them every year, and they say no. Yep. Now, I, was yep. Told, I was told that they don't say no. I was told they just don't want to do it. You know, so, well, yeah, I don't think know, it's a I mean, direct. Right. Uh, they they actually say no, but the invite is there. They yes. just choose not to take yep. it. Um, Red Bull is not barring them. Okay, so back to RV's there, and he is uh, on a sort of a mishmash of kicks, 250 stew stuff. Apparently, there was stew stuff on the I bike. I know. <laughs> I was talking to Big B over there, and it was actually some stew stuff in that bike. Can you believe it? It's stew. He was stew. back. He was back. Did um, you talk to RV about this? Yeah. Yeah. He, he said, or hands rubbed together, or your hands rubbing together. Who was more excited? <laughs> yeah, I know. I think we both were. We both really were. Um, he was excited. Oh, yeah. No, he was in a good mood. I don't know if you talked to him. He was in a really good mood, like, uh, all day Well, long. I did briefly, but most importantly, um, everyone noted on TV, like, even after he got beat by Stank Dog and everyone was waiting for him to be furious, he was smiling the whole time. I think that's one of the huge takeaways everyone got at this event. Out of all the things that happened, I'd say – Second or third on the list was, what's up with Filippoto being so happy? Right, right, yeah. yeah. I, said, not the uh, way, I said, not the way you wanted it to end. He's like, oh, I don't care. Like, yeah. Great. Like he, you know, yeah, um, just smiling. Does it just literally go back to everyone said three years ago, dude, that guy's going to be so much happier when he's not under this pressure and racing anymore. Is yeah. that literally what yep. we're seeing? Yeah, I think so. I think so. He, <laughs> he said so, to me so many, so many times the bike was super slow. Super slow. Can't remember. Can't believe how slow it was, and everything else, just because he's so used to riding 450s. So, um, but let's st- talk about that for a second. Yeah, I, I I read that in the interview, obviously, and I, I heard Chad say the same thing. I think to you last week about his two-stroke, and as soon as I hear that, I think that's awesome. That's one of the selling points. They're not saying that to pump two strokes up. He's actually saying it's slow, like in a bad way. Mm-hmm. But I hear that, and I'm like, yep. Rather hit the ground at 30 miles an hour than 40. Uh, yeah, yeah, you got a point. Yep. I, yeah, I, can't, I think that's I can't, a huge I can't, I can't argue that. factor. I mean, I'm not the mega two-stroke, four-stroke conspiracy theorist like many are, but I'm seeing the light on that point. I'd rather I'd be on a bike that's slower when it's time to crash. Um, yeah, no, that's actually right. Um, it was – It was. do you th- – uh, and Chad, did you get a chance – I talked to Chad when he was on crutches – and I'm pretty sure he was on pain pills because he was really chatty. Um, but um, did you watch any of his runs? No, he barely made it. So we were doing this podcast on Friday night, and um, I think he was only doing like a few. He wasn't even doing full runs yet. Oh, okay. Just like working the fir- first rhythm lane. I only saw him go by me one time, and oh, okay. that was like you know from being there. You see 
him for eight yeah. seconds. Yeah. So, um, uh, so I guess you get the same info. Yeah, he told me he kind of yeah. – much of the blame was at this bike and the suspension. These guys have gotten really spoiled when they have the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. When you're building your bike in your garage, it's not what you've come to expect no. for the last um, 15 years. Yeah, real bummer that he, he couldn't make it. Um, he didn't even crash, right? No, he, didn't he just crash. overjumped yeah. on purpose, thinking it would be fine. Yeah, crazy. Um, did you yeah. – like, honestly – this two-stroke thing and and all the crap talking, Stank Dog, oh, yeah. RV, yep. Ronnie Mac, Chad, everything else, it was by far the number one attraction of the night. And I had to drive back to Vegas uh, Saturday night, which was actually was a bad idea. I almost killed myself a few times. Yeah. So we yeah. left after the two-stroke race. Like I'm like, oh, Marv's got this. You know what I mean? So right when the 250s final went, we're like, okay, let's get out of here. And guess what? A lot of other people did too. Wow. Um, the two-stroke wow. stuff by far outshadowed everything else. Do you agree? Oh, 100%. Right, right. So I so, don't know what vibe you get not being in the grandstands. The grandstands there are exceptionally loud because they have like a steel roof overhead. Uh-huh. So it makes everything echo. I think it holds 9,500 people. Not 9,500 is not a lot. We've certainly been to races with more than that. But it's 9,500 concentrated in a small spot with a roof right over their head. It gets loud. And there was nothing like that very first run happened at Ronnie Mack. And when they first saw him and he was in the lead and he was clearly going to win, they were going bazonkers. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I, much more so than for Marvin. Like, I honestly think that Red Bull, and I sent Jeremy from Red Bull a text about this, like, could you get Marv and everybody on two strokes? KTM makes them, Husky makes them, Yamaha makes them. And then you'll have the one-off weirdo dudes. Uh, like RV and these other guys that'll dig two strokes up. Can you put them? Can you put everybody on a two stroke, or does that take away from it? I think they need to make the event all two stroke, or just completely. The, the open class thing isn't working. I mean, when when you're trying to promote Hanny against Marvin, and we all know that Hanny in this particular type of event, this is Hanny's wheelhouse. So you're playing to his strength. So he's you know more competitive with Marvin here than he would be in a 20 minute main event, but still. Was anyone thinking that Handy was going to beat him? No. So when you're trying to build that up as the marquee final, you know, obviously it's lacking. So I agree with you. I say just go with the strengths, which is the two strokes. Now, I don't think you're going to get Marvin on them. Okay. I was really bummed. What do you think? When you first heard Chad was injured, I, I first heard Friday night he was hurt. They weren't sure if he was going to race or not. And I'm like, that's it, man. The, the one chance this thing had was that this two-stroke thing was going to work, and now everyone's going to say, see? Guy got hurt. Wow. That's dangerous. No, because Jordan Smith got hurt, too. You know, he didn't not well, seriously his chat. Well, that doesn't help either. That doesn't help No, either. but I'm saying he was on a four-stroke and got hurt. So it's just a typical off-season, can-you-get-hurt event, you know? Nothing, yeah, but nothing, that's... Nothing against two strokes. No, but the, the my point on Chad was that actually Chad admitted that if he were on a, you know, if he was on a bike, he had ridden a lot and had a real suspension and had done some testing and some preparation, and it wasn't a bike that he just slapped together, he would not have gotten hurt. He, he would 100% blamed it on the suspension being really bad. No, he never told me that. Okay. I never, oh, yeah, no, that's I, right. He I, said, oh, okay, I, I'll explain then. He said to me, he's like, I just went to overjump a little bit almost on purpose just to try mm -hmm. some stuff. Yeah. And he's like, I never expected the bike to just go metal to metal and totally bottom and, like, hurt my ankle. Uh, okay. All right. And the consensus kind of is you put Chad on his regular Supercross bike with a regular Supercross suspension, and that's not going to happen. 
So then I'm like, great. Now is this going to mean the hey, just show up in a truck with a bike because you built in your garage for fun? I'm like, is this going to be right. done now? But so maybe not. So you you say screw Marv and Kenny and everybody else. We're doing two strokes. Come if you want. If not, we're going to have a bitching event. Yes, because I don't think they're going to show up anyway. I mean, nothing would be greater than having the top four Supercross riders in the world be your final four, but that's not happening. Because Anderson can show up and Marv could show up and, you know, Eli can. Well, they're not showing up on 450s. They're not showing up on two-strokes. Well, but wait a minute. Anderson was hurt, kind of, sort of, still kind of hurt. Um, Uh, Oh, really? Well. Did he race Monster Cup? Yeah, I guess. Last year, Kenny rose Monster Cup, came back after the crash, won the third main event, clearly was healthy, still didn't do straight rhythm. You know, I never really thought of that. You're right. It was really weird to me. How, like, how he was Ken- all over the event this year, and like, I love it. I can't wait next year to do it. And I'm like, um, <laughs> you just didn't do it last year for no reason. Yeah, that's a good point. You're right, yeah. So um, I think, yeah. dude, if the, all you're going to be left with, we're seeing what you're left with. You're going to have Hanny against Marvin. If you're hanging your hat on that, Red Bull's not dumb. I think they know, like, this isn't going to work. Like, it just makes the event look second rate if you're saying it's the best riders in the world and you've got one of them. So I say embrace the craziness. Yeah, Marv, if you want to race a two-stroke, go for it. But you know KTM's not letting him do it. You know it. Really? Yeah? No chance Roger DeCoster, they're going to claim he's going to get hurt. I guarantee it. But, I mean, Roxon rode a KTM 125 at a GP. Years ago, of course, but KTM supported that. They they do make them. They sell the shit out of them, you know? But didn't he do that, let me guess, after he won a title? Oh, uh, yeah, I think he had it clinched, yeah. Yeah, that preseason, no way. And then they'll just point to the Chad thing, although, we, like we said, like yeah. you give Marvin work suspension on a two-stroke. Okay, fine, well. Then, I don't, I don't, yeah. <laughs> so, I endorse, which I think you're getting at. I mean, if Marvin wants to do it, that'd be awesome, but I don't think it's going to happen. So I say next year, if you're going to have the event, don't base the schedule around Monster Cup or off-season testing or donations or any other date. Find the date that McGrath and Carmichael and Ronnie Mack and RV and Chad, find the date they can all agree on. Base it on their schedule. Stank Dog? Stank Dog. I think Stank Dog's going to be available. <laughs> Stank Dog's free? Stank Dog's free. Uh, but... By the way, Stank Jeremy Dog- from Red Bull said he had Carmichael and McGrath like they wanted to do it, but they couldn't do it that weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah. MC had a truck race, for yeah. example. Yeah, I no, think get- Carmichael had been on the road for three weeks with Monster Cup and Donations. Yeah, get so, uh, I'm with you. Call those guys first and be like, yeah. what, how are we looking on dates? Um, yep. What do you need from us? And maybe you, don't, maybe you don't do it at, at the Fairplex out of cost. You know what I mean? Maybe you do it somewhere else. You can put the event almost anywhere. Much smaller. Yep. Make it like a – remember the Langtown mini backyard mini cross thing? Yeah. You know, turn it into something like that, something where demand is, uh, uh, demand is high for tickets, the venue is small, yep. and make it something, you know, yeah, super crazy. McGrath and Carmichael and Reed and Villapoto and Ronnie Mack and Stank Dog. Yeah, we're on to something. Why don't we just do it? Why don't we? Why don't you and I just do it? And screw the Red Bull guys. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess if you think about the length of the track, was based on to essentially be as long as a regular Supercross track is, and the lap times about the same. The lap times are like forty some seconds. Yeah. But you no longer, you don't need to use that charade anymore. You don't have to make it. It's the same distance as a regular Supercross track. Now it's not even based on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's based on what's yep. safe and fun. Yep. 
Somebody said, imagine if you had Rhino lining up next to Brownie. Bradshaw. Yeah, all these dudes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think just just go with it, man. That seems to be what uh, what the fans wanted, that's for sure. Maybe right. it was just Ronnie Mack, but it sure seemed interesting. Um, so Stank won, wins, and by the way, Stank wasn't even, even in the event until he came on the Pulp Show, and Malott was on from Red Bull, and we said, why isn't Stank in? And Stank said, yeah, why aren't I in? And they hooked up and got him in. So the Pulp MX Show got Stank Dog in, so we get a cut. We should get a cut of well, that. That's funny. Top, top Jimmy told me it was all him. He better not have told you that. Oh, he did. Said it was all him. Well, we have uh, 30,000 listeners that, that heard it live on the air that we got oh. Stank Dog in. So. Okay. Suck it, Jimmy. What does he know about the event anyways? He wasn't even there. Yeah, I don't know. I actually saw – I had to work with Jimmy on Sunday to do uh, some Loretta's voiceovers while I was in California, but I didn't even see Jimmy on Saturday. I don't right. even know if he was there. Yeah. Did he, did he know a lot about did – he, did he act like he knew anything about it? No, he was just all talking about Stank Dog. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so Stank wins, beats RV, and yeah. Stank Dog and Ronnie Mack are in the final. Like, seriously, what kind of odds would you have got on, like, yeah, Chad's there, RV's there, Mike Brown is there, Ryan Sipes is there. Yeah, I'll go Stank Dog, Ronnie Mack final. <laughs> right? Absolutely. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. RV made a mistake, and Stank Dog beat him. Yep. Now, if you go and Vegas – Bookie rolls in and says, ah, RV bobbled. Yeah. The short race can't make up that time. Next run, who wins? Uh, Does yeah, anyone RV. think? No, RV wins again. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Does anyone think he's going to bobble again and yeah. Stank's just going to run him, run him again? Yeah. No, nobody thinks that. He did that. straight up. Yeah. No, he did. And you don't even realize this because you weren't there for practice. They, everyone in practice, they do their runs together with somebody. Stank and RV, I swear, them, I swear I saw them do five runs in a row, and RV won every one of them. <laughs> That's even better. I like to yes. hear that even better. <laughs> yes. So I asked Stank, and he's like, I had my girlfriend video it, and I watched what he was doing, and I watched what I was doing, and I fixed it. <laughs> Stank with the, with the uh, video, yes. uh, everything. He's dark fixed yes, it. Yes, the analysis. <laughs> went back with the team. They made some changes. They looked at some, <laughs> with some strategy. They took down, they took down Ryan Villapoto. First, they had to, you know, relax a little bit. They had to relax, oh, sure. get chill, out, chill out, get creative, <laughs> watch some video. <laughs> Ryan Dungey was banging his head against the wall for 10 years trying to figure out how to get this done. <laughs> Stank. Stank. Studied the video. All you needed, RV, was Stank's chick to film it. Or Dungey, <laughs> that's all you needed, Dungey. That's right. Get Stank's chick to film it. <laughs> oh, oh, that's awesome. It was so fitting, like, that those two guys were in the finals. And I thought it was great because it, it made to me, like, when Chad got hurt, I'm like, oh, no. We might have just made it farce out of this two-stroke thing where it, what, it shouldn't have been done, and now these guys are getting hurt and they're jeopardizing themselves in it. And a lot of it was based on these characters. But to me, when Ronnie and Stank do well, I'm like, it got re-legitimized because they straight up showed that they could ride. It wasn't like they – it wasn't a joke that they were out there, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Just watch some video, man. That's it. Figured it out. Um, so, uh, and Ronnie Mack, by the way, on a 98 CR, like, seriously, he was really riding well. Like, I was impressed by that bike. I had a couple people tell me, like, how good the bike sounded. And I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah, listen to it. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah. Like, I kind of was hanging out by his pit. I'm like, that thing does sound pretty good. 
Merge Racing's got it going on with the with the ninety eight CR two fifty. So, dude, he got uh, he got every start. Like he had yeah. the advantage. Yeah. out of the blocks on every guy. Yeah, nuts, <laughs> man. Ninety eight. Um, so were you over there? You saw that how popular his pit was. It was insane. It was nuts, and I was just going to start talking about that. Everyone was crowded around it. Everyone was there. I mean, it was just his crew looked like a bunch of hooligans, and 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 he was revving the shit out of his bike. And you know, I remember he, somebody grabbed a somebody handed him a beer, and he just pounded it and then threw it down on the ground and kept walking. Like, but okay, so like, look, not to be. Like, I think this is a legitimate question. Like, Red Bull, like, okay, I've gone off before because we have this incredible um, Supercross and Motocross series. These guys are amazing athletes. There's that famous famous, uh, athlete test from years ago that said only soccer players were fitter than Motocross guys. And I don't know if that's true anymore or whatever, but that's something that came in the 70s and 80s. And, And these guys are, our guys are so gnarly. And they're, you know, such athletes, and it's such a crazy sport. It takes so much skill, so much endurance, so much strength. And I've gone on and on, Weege, and so I don't want to be hip- a hypocritical here. I've gone on and on about the uh, Supercross people doing uh, SX Ed videos as promotion. You know, I've gone on and on about these Dirt Shark videos where Monster has complete access to the pits to do anything they want because they have the, they're the rights holder, and we get these Dirt Shark videos. And I'm always saying... Promote the athletes. They have personalities. They, they are great guys. Some of them, you know, are, have personalities. And these are great guys, and these guys should be shown more. So, okay. So I still believe that, and it still really frustrates me. So having said that, is someone like Ronnie Mack, is, it, is this good? Is this bad? Look, I'm, I had fun. I laughed. I thought it was great. But a little piece of my mind, again in the back was going, is this good? Is this okay? What do you think? It's definitely a debate worth having. I mean, I fall on the side of that it's fine, personally. Mm-hmm. But I would be stupid to not see what some people would think are the drawbacks of it. And it's summed up like this. Wait, he's promoting drinking beer and racing. <laughs> yep. Um, and I think we know that with, with Ronnie Mack, I think there's, there's got to be a little more fiction than there is fact. I mean, the dude wrote awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I doubt he was as hammered and as clueless as he acts, but uh, th- no doubt that's the image he's putting out there. I mean, he's got a past freaking helmet, you know what I mean? Yeah. And in opening ceremonies, I guess he had fireball, and he was drinking and doing a shot. Um, but I'm okay with it because, look, I, I, I mean, I've thought about this quite a bit over the last three days, and I've talked to a lot of people about it. I think we're just over, um, over – counting how many random people really are going to see this. Because that's the whole argument, right? What if some person that knows nothing about dirt bikes sees that, and that's all they know, and they just think, oh, look at these dirt bike guys. They're just a bunch of redneck clowns who drink beer, and they're not athletes. Mm-hmm. Look, we would be lucky if a million freaking people actually did see that and actually had never heard of <laughs> dirt bikes, and it was their first exposure. We always stoked. act like right. yeah, that's probably 12 people who – yeah, saw this event and this guy doing that thing at that time, and it's literally the first thing they ever heard about the sport of motocross and supercross. Right. They act like there's this gigantic new audience that's going to get this small sliver. Uh, probably not. Yeah, 
Okay. Like, bike sales are not going in the tank because America, quote-unquote, saw this, and they never knew anything about the sport before, and now they saw this, and it just ruined everything. I, uh, yeah. I think it's just overstated the yeah. damage that it does. Yeah, and also, too, I mean, you know, to be fair, my criticism is of the monster guys and the Feld guys all promoting Supercross this way. And Red Bull doesn't go out of the way out of promoting Ronnie Max so far as they let him go and they let him have a pit spot. They're not totally blowing him up. You know what I mean? Um, so it's a yeah, little, he's not it's a, Red Bull's creation. No, no, no. Yeah, so it's but, a little different. But at the same time, I mean, yeah. you said this yesterday. I tried using that defense, and you're like, hey, once he's in it, yep. this is what you're asking for. Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, absolutely. Yep. Um now, but, you know, so maybe it's hypocritical of me because I laughed. I thought it was funny. I thought he had yes. water in one of his beers that he was pounding, and I watched, and he slammed it down, and it was beer. So I'm like, really? okay. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, there's really beer in there. Because um, I was over at the TLD truck, and I saw him walk in to the truck, and he's just holding a, a beer. And I'm like, there's no way that's really a beer. I guess it was. But, uh, I mean, I enjoyed it. He rode his balls off. He had a good crash. Uh, you know, like, I mean, this was a legit thing. Absolutely. So I don't know, maybe, (laughs) I mean, and also I enjoyed the Instagram crap talking. I enjoyed that RV saying, I'm going to put this right here for you. And, and, and Ronnie uh, being naked in the desert saying testing is going well, like that made me LOL, you know, literally. So Ronnie had the bracket. The, yeah. the 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 graphic of the bracket, but he put all the riders' wives in it instead of the riders themselves. Yes, and after party, Ronnie Mac, who's he going to be hooking up with the after party bracket? Right, and, Kristen and, Villapoto and Ellie Ellie Reed. Ellie Reed commented, "This is this is awesome." You know, so on that post, on that post, so the wives, or at least one of the wives, seemed like okay with it. So wow, um, you know, I don't know. I think it's yeah, it's definitely a question to ask. And yeah, it is a question to ask. I'm willing to take the chance because I feel like, okay, 90% of the audience probably knows enough about dirt bike racing where they know that people don't drink beer and ride successfully. Now you're down to the, these, whoever these noobs are. Out of those noobs, how many of them didn't think that this is a complete joke? I mean, look at it. I would think a lot of them were like, yeah, this is, there's something up with this. This is a joke. This is not seriously what the dude is doing he's putting some sort of image out there and it's somewhat fake okay so now you got that crowd's okay so now you're down to the people that don't know anything about racing didn't think it was a joke and happened to be listening intently the moment that he said i'm not hurt because i've been pounding some pbrs (laughs) how many people are we left with at this point 10 yeah yeah so So i don't think it's uh gonna set the sport back 20 years like i think some people um also, also also too uh colton haker Raced it too, and another like interesting guy. He didn't do as well. He crashed, I guess, but another sort yep. of twist in the format that made me want to watch it. You know, so yeah. And I think what's cool is in the end, um, it's the right dudes doing it. Uh, I think you can easily argue that the X Games and freestyle completely went away from the entire hardcore moto crowd. I don't follow it. You don't follow it. I don't think most of the listeners here follow it it went away from the type of people and athletes and names and stuff that any of the hardcore racing people were into. This event, since it's all jumps, could have done the same. But instead, it ended up being Mike Brown and Ryan Sipes and the Endurer Cross champion Colton Haker and Reed and RV. Like, everyone respects those dudes. Yeah. I think that goes a long way. Um, you- Mike Brown 
everybody knows Mike Brown. Everybody likes Mike Brown. Yeah. Do you think, man, I feel bad in saying this because, you know, people think I have this thing out for a monster, and I really don't. I don't care. I, I don't like some of those videos they do, but they do a ton for the sport, and uh, some of the guys down there, like Eric Johnson and Dave Gowan, are good people. But do you think this Red Bull straight rhythm outshine the Monster Cup? Because I do. I really do. And people are going to be like, oh, you just saying that, Matt. It's not. It, this thing this thing was 100% more exciting, more interesting, more thrilling than the Monster Cup. And so maybe the Monster Cup guys can take some stuff from this event. I don't know what, but something. Uh... Okay, I can't really answer that either because I got paid to announce one race and I didn't get paid to announce the other. True. So whatever I say is going to look biased also. Yes. And I also think that Monster's in a tough spot because as we discussed on the Monster Cup podcast, a lot of the boringness of the event this year was out of their control. Again, if Tomac doesn't crash out and he and Marvin go bar to bar at all three mains, or if Marvin starts fifth in the last one and has to pass four dudes to get the million in ten laps, suddenly that event is on fire. You know, it, they had the worst-case scenario of the wrong guys retiring at the wrong time or being hurt or crashing out. That really hurt. A. B, yep. Yep. I feel like since it is run by the Supercross people, it still has to pretty much be a Supercross showcase. Yeah. You've noticed they're starting to slide the word the Supercross All-Star event in there. They're using that phraseology more. Yeah, yeah. And I... I think it's because that helps clarify. Like, if a fan were to ask, well, what is this? Or, like, well, you know how the NBA has a game that doesn't count? It's the all-star game. It has right. all the players, but right. it doesn't count in the standings. I think that's why they're calling it that. Um, so, yeah. Monster Energy Cup can't be a promotion for Ronnie Mack, who does not compete in Supercross. That's not the point of it. So, their hands are tied in a lot of ways. Red Bull doesn't have any reason to promote yeah. any other event. This is the only, I guess, 100% standalone doesn't connect or tie into any other event, so they can hence do anything they want. Did it outshine it? Was it more pop? Was it more? Uh, I think numbers-wise, I heard the numbers for the Red Bull TV were just unbelievable. So oh, I really? Guess, oh, did you really? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll even go this far. On Friday, I was hearing a lot of "they're not going to do this anymore" vibes. Um, I think they're just so over four years in a row of most top riders not competing. Yep. Um, and it's a lot of work to just get rejected all the time. But then, I think the numbers, dude, they told me that the web numbers were more than double of last year. Okay. I so, don't know if that's all Ronnie uh, Mack. I mean, or, honestly, a lot of that has got to be two-stroke stuff, really seriously. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, Chad Reed and Villapoto, that's yep. no joke. Yep. Um, so now I think they're going to have a struggle canceling it when it appears to be on the rise. So if those numbers are big, maybe it was more popular. But as far as the excitement, the electricity – yeah, I mean, all I can say is after Monster Cup, everybody I knew said the race was boring. Now, yep. again, so. that's not Feldman Monster's fault. Tomac crashed out. What are you going to do? But there's no doubt which race seemed to have more buzz and electricity this year. So there we go. So have a 250 class as a support class and have two strokes uh, as a main class with uh, invite everybody, including a lot of the past champions. And there you go. Yeah, just, I, I don't know, find some crazy ways to mix it up. Get Pastrana Dude, in there, it's, it's, maybe make one class for 500 or something. Look, I mean, you can't just have one class. You do no, need no, to have more than class. one, I think. But, but look, look, the, the, yeah. the, the Marvin won 25K, right? Mm-hmm. And I know these guys are loaded. They got tons of money. But you put 25K out there for the two-stroke class winner. Oh. You're going to get some guys. I think that's what disappoints Red Bull 
so much and why they had decided we don't want to bring this back. Because the purse, they don't advertise the purse because it's going to look terrible compared to Monster Cup. I mean, Marvin won a freaking million dollars. Mm-hmm. And even if you just win the overall, you win 100 grand. So 25 doesn't sound good, but just pause for one second. And then just think about $25,000. Well, and think about it ain't bad. 40 seconds. You're, you're riding 40 seconds three times. Right. Yeah. And two-stroke class, Stank made ten grand. I mean, Stank probably would have killed somebody for ten. grand. I had somebody who knows him text me and said, I guarantee you Stank has never had $10,000 all at once in his life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think a lot of the disappointment was, I, um, I think third in the top class pays like eight grand or seventy five hundred. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the Red Bull guys get mad. Like, uh, let's just make somebody up. Let's just make up who's the guy that could have shown up and easily gotten third or even a second. Like well, a Dino or an Anderson or somebody like that. Yeah. Like, seriously, dude, it's in California. You can't drive up the road and ride for five total minutes and you don't want eight grand? Like, you're just not interested at all in well, $8,000? Eight grand is equal to about third in a, in a Supercross, in a 450 Supercross. Yeah, and, and <clears throat> that's not even factoring in the whatever you want to call the exposure, this is very popular on Red Bull's channel, look at the numbers, and it's going to be on NBC in December, and that's going to be another half a million people probably that watch it. Like, that's not even factoring in that for your sponsors. Yep. Yep. So I think that's the part that bums them out. But there's been a ton of one-off off-season events that had money on the line and stuff, and they all failed. So I, can't, I can only have so much sympathy for Red Bull because this is what happens all the time. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's maybe not even, don't even take it personally. <laughs> it happens all the time. Yeah, um, I mean, look, it's not easy to even get the dudes to do Monster Cup, and the U.S. Open came and went, and Jeremy McGrath Invitational, I mean, you name it. It's just the way it goes. But yep. I feel like they're making this as easy as possible. It's in California. It's during the time of year where everybody's out there. They pay you decent money. They give you good exposure, mm-hmm. and you ride for six minutes. <laughs> You don't even need yeah, to you semi. Just, you just you kind of broke it down really good right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I know they were trying to get Barsha uh, to do it. Yeah, like what? What's he doing? Right? Like why? He's like, oh, the guys that were helping me at Monster Cup have regular jobs. They're not still out here. And they're like, you don't need anything. You don't need anything. You don't even like. You don't need a mechanic. You need nothing. Yeah, you really don't. Someone to drive your bike there. Yeah, because these guys aren't yeah. going to drive their bike themselves. I guess not. I guess that's, that's so. You, the thing. you need but, one person, one person to drive a bike out. Yeah, and it seems crazy. Again, we're just using Barsha as an example, but it seems crazy that Barsha, who's probably been in California on and off for twelve years now, yeah, can't doesn't have one guy. <laughs> yeah, and he's well. like, hey, chances are I'm going to make at least seven grand. I'll give you five hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, all right. Anything else on the uh, Red Bull straight rhythm? Uh, did you think Hanny had a shot? Not at all. <laughs> Not for a second. And Not once. I thought shitting on Hanny like always. Um, How dare you? He beat Tickle, right? Who did he? Who beat? Yeah, right. Pretty handily. Right, and that surprised me a little bit. I mean, Brock Tickle's not. Um, you know, I don't think of him as a specialty uh, scrubber slash rhythm section expert sprinter. sprint guy. But still, yeah. I was very surprised. But yeah, yeah, he handled him. It was cool, Tickle. We had a pre-race uh, show on Friday night, and Tickle pretty much admitted, he's like, this is not my strength. But he was kind of looking forward to it from that perspective, like, you know, almost to force himself to go for it. But yeah. he looked a little out of sorts. It didn't. Um, I'd like the, to the know what. did not flip, I don't think. After Chad went out, I'd like to know how that went with Tevin Tapia. Like, hey, bro, are you around? Grab your bike out of your garage. 
Yeah, I guess that's what happened, right? <laughs> <laughs> but Tappy yeah. is Tappy is an Uber driver, so was he out on a call? Did he have to swing by the Pomona Fairgrounds? Oh, so if any of those fans at the end of the two-stroke race were leading like you, yeah, <laughs> there would have been a car. Although he never did a run, his bike broke. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and that's again, you wonder how these dudes even get in it. And I just remind everybody, it's it's Eric Bernard who's everyone's buddy. So, like, how do these French dudes get in it, and how does A Ray end up in it? Well, he yep. knows yep. the riders know him. He knows the riders. Yeah, yeah, and and guys like. Uh... A-Ray and Chiz, I mean, they are money chasers. They're doing it. They want the money. They want It's great money for them, even losing in the first round. Chiz went further than that, but you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That made, it, that made it cool, and it just sets up the, I guess, who did Marvin, who did Marvin go against? I got I to gotta look at this bracket. The first round? I want to find this year's ridiculous matchup. What was it? You can keep going. Okay. All right. Know. Well. Let's listen to this commercial. We'll put a commercial in here right now from uh, uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Star Protects. Listen to this commercial from uh, Racetech and Michelin Star Cross 5. Use the code PulpMX17 at Racetech to save with those guys uh, at uh, Racetech, and we thank them very much. So let's go to commercial break, and uh, we'll be right back with uh, Monster Energy Supercross changes. Thanks to Fly Racing and Alpine Star Protects for coming on this podcast. Now here's some commercials from Racetech and Michelin. Listen, all right? Thanks. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on RacerX. I want to talk to you a little bit about Racetech. The folks at Racetech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PulpMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right. If, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Racetech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Racetech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulp Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hit a motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX Show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. 
They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet... You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows? They might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. And we're back! Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast, presented by Alpine Star Protects. I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, Jason Wygant. Uh, all right, who did Marvin go up against? It was actually a Haker. I don't want to take shots at Haker. Um, that's not his deal. And he rode way better. I watched Haker on Friday, and he was really good, and then he crashed two times, and I think that just took all yeah. The, yeah, I understood. the wind out of his tail. I understood he got hurt a little bit, so he was, he was jacked up. So. Yeah, so let me find a better example. I, I'm not going to trash the Endurocross champ for trying a Supercross event and then getting hurt and then putting him down. So let's look back at the 2015 bracket. Mm-hmm. Brian Dungey, Devin Raper, James uh, Stewart against Nick Schmidt. Did you, did you think Schmidt had a shot at Stu? I did not. No, no, I did not. You did not. I think that was the one. I think that was the one you sent the text. Guys, do you think Schmidt's got this? Yeah. Well, anything to do Tapia is... against Roxon. Tapia against Roxon. Oh, poor Tapia. Yeah, just, every year getting first, beat on. First-round fodder. But I, I'm it, not, losing in the first round of the Red Bull straight rhythm has to be better than a night of Uber. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I mean, he did get paid something. But that's the hilarious thing about when you have this bracket. There's battles that I, I, I don't – does Stu know who Schmidt is even? No, I don't know. Good point. If Dungy was going against Raper and Raper took his helmet off, would Dungy be like, I've never seen that guy in my life? <laughs> yes, yes, he would be, absolutely. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> Well, all right, we're going to move on to the 2018 uh, Supercross Series changes. But, yeah, Red Bull Straight Rhythm, we got it handled. We got it handled. We got the new format. We got everything figured out. And we're good with Ronnie Mack, I think. I think we're good with Ronnie Mack. Although, if, if you were super pissed about Ronnie Mack and the, all the stuff that he represents, I couldn't call you a moron. I, no. I would nod my head and be like, I get it. Nope. Couldn't agree more. Right. Like I see the I see the reservations. I personally I think it's fine, but I get it. All right. So as we touched on at the top of the show, 2018 Monster Energy Supercross Series changes were announced. New point system. One more 250 east-west shootout added. Three rounds of uh, uh, the Triple Crown. They call them three main events. Um, at the at these three rounds, but they uh, count the Olympic style scoring like the Monster Cup, and then an overall is uh, awarded with traditional points. Although those are changed, as I said, and um, um, and no semis. We had those for a few years. Fans seem to be forgetting about that. By the way, uh, no semis at any of the races. Just straight straight two heats and an LCQ. And uh, and uh, into the main event we go. Still time main events. That was new last year. Those are sticking around. And, um, yeah, so it's interesting, Weech, all the changes. Let's start with um, your thoughts. Surprises. Any surprises? Well, honestly, the big surprise is that the changes weren't that massive. I mean, that's the big surprise. You know, they built it up. You know, big changes are coming. And it's so big that 
we won't even announce it at Monster Cup because it will overwhelm the Monster Cup. And I think every fan out there has heard through the grapevine that they would love to do a playoff style or chase format. And we also heard these rumors that they wanted to do more races maybe in Europe or something like that. So I think as soon as anyone thought, oh, my God, big changes, that's going to be one or both of those things. And as soon as it was not, that meant the changes were underwhelming. But that's okay because I have not ever met a single fan that wants the chase format. (laughs) They all don't want it. So I don't think people were disappointed. It was more of just, oh, these aren't as big changes as I thought. And honestly, looking at them, if anyone is up in arms about any of this, you need to get over yourself. None of these changes are going to ruin your sport or blow up the foundation. Mm-hmm. It's cool. They're fine. It'll be interesting. But it's no more than a mild interesting. It is not you know, changing the way Supercross has operated as we know it. No, no. no. Uh, I agree. Um, the purpose of the new point structure, I guess, Weege, is – you know, we used to do the last three guys got one point, and now they don't. Uh, everybody scored separately. Um, is that a good thing, or does it matter? Or why did they do that? Yeah, I had to ask about that a lot. I, I got to talk to um, Todd Gendro and Dave Prater, interview them after the press conference to try to get clarification. The big thing that they're going for there is basically the difference between, say, like a first and a seventh, first and an eighth. It's less of a gap than there was. And the basic thought is, and this is just an example, they're not doing it for Eli Tomac. But last year, Tomac went 5-5-8 in the first three races, which is not horrible. not a disaster. It's like his bike blew up or he got hurt. He went 5-5-8. It's not that bad. But he was down 30 points. It took an absolute miracle season for him to get back in it. Now, obviously, if he didn't have problems at Dallas or New Jersey, he still would have been fine. But... Dude, there's no way after round three, when he was down 30 points, he's basically out. He's basically out of it. And he didn't even have a horrible race. So I, the difference, if he had those results, would only be maybe he'd be three or four points closer. But they're just lessening the penalty for having an okay night. Okay, yeah. If you get fifth, you're not losing quite as many points to the guy that leads, and maybe that allows you to stay in it and fight for the title a little longer. That seems to be the difference they were harping on. Oh, hey, look who's on the show now. What's up, JT? How are you? Uh, not too much. Well, some of us have to work, so <laughs> you'll have to, uh, have to excuse me for that. Yeah, no problem. Jason Thomas from Fly Racing on the uh, on the show. All right, JT, so we're just talking about the 2018 Supercross changes. Why well, can't describe sort of the thinking behind the, the new point system, which isn't a whole change, but, you know, would have given Eli Tomac the title had this system been implemented last year to to stop um you know sort of having okay races as 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 hurting you so anyways um thoughts jt on the changes themselves any surprises for you any anything that you don't like anything that you really do like um you know not surprises because i think we were all clued in a little bit to what they had in mind uh i do like some of the changes i think the uh i think the triple crown events with the three main events uh, I actually like that format better than our current Supercross format. I think uh, having three races for each class where all the guys are out there together battling when it really matters, I think is uh, that's a positive step forward. Uh, one of my biggest pet peeves about the, the format we typically run is that in these heat races and, and the semis especially, guys are just riding around. 
Um, I, I know that from experience for myself. As long as you were in a qualifying spot, you weren't going to take any risks because the penalty was too big, you know, to have to ride another qualifier. So you basically got into qualifying position and then just rode the laps out, which I don't think is very entertaining for anyone. Uh, and we're, that's, that's the business we're in is entertaining, you know, fans and selling tickets. So I think it's a positive. I think getting everyone out there, all you know, in those races where they really have to go for it, um, especially with the time, you know, the, the shortened time of some of them, I think it opens the door for guys to get, uh, you know, maybe not an overall win for the weekend, but at least a main event win in that, in that format. So that was the one big positive change that I was happy to see. I'll tell you what I was surprised about, Weege. The three main events in both classes, okay, four out for one. I was surprised they went three main events in 250 class. I thought they would leave that alone. Uh, two, they're different lengths. That caught me by surprise, and that would not have been something I thought they would have done. The first main event is eight minutes in 450s. Eight minutes. Yeah. Is that, is that okay? Are you upset? No, um, I'm surprised. You? Oh. Does it matter? Yeah, I didn't. I, I don't think anyone would have been shocked any time in the last five years to see them potentially use this Monster Cup format in a regular Supercross. I agree with JT. I think it works out better. I think it's the way to go. I think the only reason they don't do it at all 17 is because you just can't make such a drastic change that quickly. They need to at least try it and make sure that there's not some drawback for points that they haven't thought about. So. I'm not shocked to see it coming, but I didn't expect the varying length no. of main events. No, me neither. Uh, I'm yeah. surprised, too. The teams, obviously, this has all been passed through the teams, and they kind of agreed. But, JT, I mean, Vince Freeze, Michael Essie, line up, get the start in an eight-minute main event. We could and, – and, and I didn't really think about this but after, upon initially hearing it, but we could have some dudes winning some main events. Or a, a one of these main events, not the overall. Yeah, I mean, well, you look at, you know, and I, I don't know what his, the status of his 2018 campaign is now, but a guy like Davey Millsaps, uh, you know, he had won like five heat races or something. Um, those could be main event wins as far as, you know, maybe not the overall, but like I said, it could be a, one of those main event wins very easily. Yeah. So I yeah. think you completely open the door and, and it turns into complete chaos in those, especially in the shorter main events. Uh, and especially it puts a real premium on a start for a guy like Eli, who's been, you know, that hasn't been a strong yeah. suit. He's really hit and miss with his starts. And in, a, in an eight-minute main event, I, if you start 12, uh, that's going to hurt. No, I know. And so if we have more main events, why again? I'm down. More main event winners. I'm down. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, I like it because of that. Like, I know, okay, that's going to wreak some havoc and create some chaos. But I'm okay with it. I mean, yeah. if Millsaps can win an eight-lap heat race and he can win an eight-lap main, that's cool. I don't, I don't mind mixing up to that degree. I mean, you still have to be able to beat the guys. It's not like it's right. a complete joke. And I know people, I saw some people freaking out over the, how could you have a race be eight minutes? Dude, the last race, 15 plus one, that's longer than probably, what, 15 of the 17 races from just two years ago? Yeah. The final one. Yeah, yeah, you know? the last one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll probably be yeah, let, 16. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's be honest. How many races? Okay, maybe twenty percent or less of the action of the action is going down in those last five minutes. Anyway, it's very, very um, seems like it's very yeah. decided by that fifteen minute mark. Anyway, other than you know the Atlanta or the you know the, the races, I understand there are those out there which are great on the last lap, but it's very, very rare. Well, JT, I think the thing that people are worried—they see that eight-minute word—they're like, "No, you don't even need to be in shape. Don't even need to be in shape anymore." It's not. 
it's not going to work that way. A 15 plus one at the end of the night, you're going to have to be in just the same shape as always. Yeah, and I would actually argue, I think to do an eight-minute, then and is it 12-minute for the second one? I, I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, um, yeah I believe it's yep. 12. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so eight, 12, and 15. Uh, that's not easy, guys. Uh, I, I know it's not as hard as doing 120. I understand 120-minute race is really, really tough. But going eight and then 12 and then 15 with that intensity, that's going to be real. I think it's going to be tougher than you know the average fan is thinking to be able to replicate that intensity and in recovery because the recovery is the toughest part of all of that. Um, yeah, no, I like it. Uh, the only thing, my only complaint is uh, they should have done more instead of just three. But that's okay. It's a start. I think it's coming. Yeah, I think it's coming. You know, I I, I can't sit here. I've been bat- pounding the drum of change for years, so I can't I can't sit there and be like, oh, what the hell. I'm excited for all this. Let's try all of it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think you're going to have your traditionalists. It's like, oh, no, the, the 20 lap, 20 slash 20 minute main event is really what separates the men from the boys. But I would argue I don't really care if that separates the men from the boys because all it does is separate riders and then we have no battle. Yeah. So, yeah. No, you know, if, we're, if we're looking to entertain people and generate new interest and get really ex- a really exciting product on television, Shortening the races and getting people battling and going for broke for eight minutes, that's going to do that. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, yeah, and the final, again, that 15 plus one at the end is as long as pretty much any main event from, say, 2007 through 2016. Yeah. You're still getting, right. you're still getting the exact same thing and a bonus of two other races. It's awesome. Now, um, the 250 Supercross East-West thing, again, my only complaint, only one added. These are great. Mm-hmm. Add more. Do more. But that's okay. <laughs> Baby steps, right? Well, so we're going to have it in Minneapolis, right? No, Indianapolis. Sorry, uh, Indianapolis. Indy, Indy and Vegas, yeah. Yeah, Indianapolis and Vegas, of course. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, no problem with that either. You know, those are great. In talking to Jendro and Prater after it, uh, and we'll post this interview tomorrow on the RaceRex site, what I really got out of this was the big change isn't the changes themselves. It's that there is now a culture of making changes, and we're going to try it. And then let's be honest, if these work, we know they're going to do more of it. If they work, then we know they're going to do more. It's almost like now the door is opened for things to be on the table. Ideas can be tried. So it really isn't what's coming now. It's what could uh, potentially happen in the future. And I do know, we all know, I mean, the teams aren't always pumped on this stuff. So if you get even a 10% change from them, this is a massive step. Yeah, these guys, they just got, as I've said over and over, you just got to do it and let these guys want, complain like little babies and just do it. <laughs> just just do it. Because um, they'll complain about everything. You'll never, you'll never get uh, everybody to be like, yep, universally we like that. They'll never do that. They'll always look after their own interest. They'll always have something to complain about. So, um, Well, I think this is the classic negotiating step, right? You, the, you make the first offer just massive. Yeah. And then by the time they've walked it back this far, this seems like nothing. Yeah. So, um, okay, so that's good. The 250 East-West thing is good. Uh, no semis. I don't really like that too much, JT. Um, but I guess, hey, whatever. The You know, they got to fill that time with something. So I'm not quite sure how they're going to do that, I think, at the races yep. that are not the, the Triple Crown. But um, mm-hmm. we'll figure that out. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know if I'm a fan of that. When they first took the semis away, I'm like, awesome, that's great. And then I started watching dudes, as you alluded to earlier, kind of ride around in the top nine. And I'm like, yep. this isn't great. So, Well, and, and I, think, I think you hit on the key for me is what are they going to do with that extra time? If they find something uh, that is entertaining and, uh, you know, that will be the, the real telltale for me. Because I really don't think the racing 
will be affected too much. We, we have seen some good semi-races over the years. I would agree with that. Um, but for the most part, it doesn't have the, the stars of the sport really in it. You know, most of the stars find a way in out of the heat races. Um, so I think the, what we don't know is, is what, what are they going to do at that time? And it could be, it could be really good or really bad, depending on what that decision is. Uh, more Toyota tough block challenges. Yeah. You've got to think that it's going to be sponsor promotional type stuff, which, uh, torn on because as a, as a sponsor, I like it, but as a, on the entertainment side, it's terrible. So, um, that I could totally see that going that way. And and I hope not. I I don't think that the fans are really into it. I'm usually, uh, Um, you know, texting or doing something during that time. Neither of you, neither of you think that the three main events should be scored as individual mains with 26 points given, right? No. We each? No. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm, I'm also that way. Like you can't penalize a twisted ankle or something by some dude with 75 or, uh, 26, 78 points, you know? You can't do that. No, so, and, yeah. and I think even – I think that's a great point. And on top of that, I would much rather see it – okay, your strength is, is a start in sprinting. Like, we, we keep using Ben Freeze, but I think he's a great example. Uh, or your your strength is 15 plus one. Say, like, Eli Tomac or Ryan Dungey would fit that mold. Maybe not so much Dungey in his later years, but early years for sure. Um, you want it to be a balance, right? You don't want to overemphasize one over the other. So if you blend all three main events, then I think you get the best picture of who was great on that particular night. Yeah, Weege, my favorite thing is going to be JT's just destroying his laptop when Vince Freeze wins one of these mains. That'll be my favorite part of the whole <laughs> evening. Like, just, no! Smash, smash, smash! As Vince is, like, you know, doing a parade lap. That's going to be good. I think that makes it, uh, the whole thing was worth it if that yeah, happens. Yeah, absolutely. Um <laughs> So, all right, okay. Anything else that I miss? Anything? Points? Um, 250s, triple crown? 250s, points count. Does anyone care at the points count? I think that's great. They should just count the way they count. Whatever you get is what you get. Yeah. Yeah. No one cares about that, right? No. Um, yep. So, one thing we didn't touch on and they didn't touch on during the press conference was the, the metal starting gates. I don't know if Dude, that was just an uh, oversight, or they not care, or because I, I think it's a pretty significant change. It's not though. I've talked to these guys. They're like, yeah, uh, whatever. Like, I've asked tons of guys. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Whatever. Like, well, but it but it completely changes the fact that some gates are good and some are bad. Now they're all the same. Yeah. So I think it changes on that level. You know, good guys aren't going to be great at starts now, or vice versa. But I think the condition of the gates was a big deal before. If you got a bad gate pick. You could get a really crappy gate. Um, now they're all going to be pretty good. So yeah. I think that'll that'll be a little bit different. I love it, the fact that we just may see different winners and different guys pull this thing off, you know? I mean, definitely, uh, Weege, Tomac is hurt by these three mains, and Marvin is, is going to gain a bit of advantage just going off paper and what we've seen. Uh, yeah, I know what you're because of starts, right? Right. That yeah, we're saying. yeah, but but I mean, who knows? But I'm just saying, like, yeah. But if you really think about it, there's only going to be three of these eight minute ones the entire season. Yep. So it, it, any three starts is just a game of chance at that point. So yep. We'll we'll see. But I do. I I had never considered the mixing up the distances, and uh, I'm all for it because there's just no way they're going to know how it's going to turn out. So maybe it'll be crazy. And the points, I don't see the huge change. But I'm assuming they must have run like a thousand models of let's what would this happen? How would it? So they must. I would assume they know it's going to make a bigger change than we're realizing because they've actually probably spent two years analyzing data and how yeah. it affects things. Yeah, maybe. Sound like a yep. lion was in the background with JT. JT, you there? Did you get eaten by a lion? 
I'm actually at a motorcycle dealership, and uh, some guy's revving his this bike for all it's worth in the okay. background. All right. Um, <laughs> hey, so why? Where was the announcement of the, about the nets? Why again? What's going on? Uh, I don't know why the starting gates or the nets were not acknowledged uh, as an official announcement in the press conference, but that does not mean that they are not happening. Uh, Nets have been tried. Nets have been tested. Prototypes have been built. You saw it at the Monster Cup. They just wanted to see what it would look like. I mean, you know, if if these nets work out, they might never be hit by a motorcycle ever. You know, it might be years before one actually gets use. But uh, it was there. So they're close. They're not ready to officially say you'll see it at every race. Did you but hear? They were pretty much saying you'll see it at some point this year. You heard? Okay, so you heard some rumblings. The Nets could make it into the real series. Oh no, no, it's it's beyond the rumble point. It's it's okay. a matter of when, not if. With a bull berm, it's happening. With, with it a, is happening with a beautiful, beautiful bull berm. I mean, we've already had we've already had the win. I mean, it, it making it into the Monster Cup, I think, is validation. Period. No one can ever yeah. take that away from you, and, I, and I, that troubles me to say. And how come no one else has called me with other ideas I may have for the sport? Uh, I probably caught them in the middle point of that because I've heard some of these ideas, and they're <laughs> just completely off base. Well, you know, they, they laughed at the nets at one time. So I didn't um, ask throw, about Stank Dog under the tunnel with a chainsaw. I don't know if that's coming also. Oh, yeah, did you? Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's another idea I had, by the way, if, you, if anybody wants to take that one. I think I don't think that the problem is a lack of ideas. I think that out of a thousand crappy ones, you got one good one. So that's where people get a little concerned: uh, is that they, they okay they can't go off the other nine ninety nine of them. I'm not gonna I'm gonna want to wrap this up because we just gotta go. But I would love to debate you on this. But okay, before we go, <laughs> JT, Ronnie Mac, yay or nay? And and I say this because unlike Weege, uh, Weege and I had this discussion earlier before you got on. You are actually a sponsor of riders, of riding gear, fly racing. They're, you know, like you're coming at this at a little different angle than just we, Weege and I, who are like, yeah, yeah, whatever, this is fun. Like, where do you stand on that as Jason Thomas and as a company? Like, I had a, uh, a company that gave him some products. I know a guy that gave him some products. They wanted mm-hmm. him to run a sticker, and they said, well, he's got I Eat Ass also on his bike, and yeah. we're not sure we want to be involved right. with that. Yeah, as a as a, a grown adult that can deduce right from wrong and has his own sensibilities of what's you know my own moral compass, I think it's hilarious. Uh, but overall, as a sponsor and looking at the sport and all that, you know, I I think it's really tough because there's just no way with the sticker you you just talked about. There's no way that I could take like my girlfriend's children to anywhere near that and feel okay with myself. So um, it's, it's conflicting, especially (laughs) as a sponsor. I know that we probably wouldn't want anything to do with that Mm -hmm. message. So uh, do I think it's funny? Yes. Do I think it's great for the sport? No, not really. Um, But that's okay. The world needs all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ouija and I loved it, but at the same time, we couldn't argue if someone had that viewpoint. I can't listen to that viewpoint and go, Whoa, you're an idiot. There's no way. I get it. I get that. Right. So Yeah. And for adults for adults that like like right. I said, they understand, you know, you make your own decisions, great. But for people that are easily influenced and still making up their minds about what's right and wrong and all that, I I just couldn't see a child being around that and thinking it was okay. So it's it's tough. It's a tough one for sure. Yeah. He was riding really well though on a ninety eight C R. Right. <laughs> he was. There's no doubt about that. 
I think uh, yeah. that's the part that made it so incredible. Like, uh, I feel when I first saw him in person for the first time last year, it was almost jarring to like, wow, this is really it. Like, I'm really seeing it. Probably the same way people feel when they like go to a concert or something of this band they like. Like, wow, now I'm really here seeing it in person, like stuff I saw on video. But then the fact that he's actually like legit fast, <laughs> it just goes to the whole thing goes to a whole nother level. Like, oh my God, he goes. Yeah, no, because um, JT, you weren't there, but it was the, it was everywhere in the pits. Everyone was excited. His pits were packed. You know what I mean? Like there was no denying it. People were freaking out. Oh, I, yeah, I, I don't think it doesn't have a place. I just, yep. if you could take Ronnie Mack and turn him back from a 10 down to like a 7, you know, cut out that swing arm sticker, which I don't think serves anyone. And there's just a few things where I just think it, it crossed the line for, for a lot of people. Right. But I think having that guy out there where it's just completely off the radar from anything else we have, I think it's pretty yeah. cool. Yep. And uh, all right. Anything else? Uh, any other thoughts, JT, on the straight rhythm? Uh, not really. I thought it was cool that we didn't even know we had an athlete going and then Stank Dog goes and wins the thing. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, thanks to the Pulp Show for getting Stank Dog in that thing. Yep. Appreciate that. Thank although, you. Thank although you, Pulp Show. Jimmy Albertson said it was him. It was not. It was it was Pulp Mech Show because <laughs> Malat right. was on and, and I said, how do you how are you having a two-stroke race without Lobster Claws himself involved? Yep. And, and, and then, said it was him. And then, he said he, did, he got it done. And then Stank Dog was like, he told me before the race, Shoot, they're going to give me $1,000 to show up. <laughs> so, um, you know what I mean? Like, he was stoked on that. $1,000. Yep. You know? yep. And then he won You're 10. Uh, yep. uh, Chad, beating Chad Reed and Ryan Villapoto and Mike Brown and Ryan Sipes and Ronnie Mack. Yep. Everybody. So I saw Stank Dog at the after party on Saturday night running an Iron Maiden t-shirt, and I'm like, that's could not be better. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Like Iron Maiden, like what? <laughs> Yeah, no, perfect. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, congratulations on the win for fly racing in that event, JT, because it was by far the most yep. important one of the night. So, Nailed it. Uh, all right. He did have his, his gear outperform the other guy who was wearing overalls. <laughs> managed to beat the guy that didn't even wear riding gear. And that jersey that Ronnie wears is from, like, 98, because I was at FMF yep. when that thing came out. So. He is that it? Like, is he only? Did he? Does he have five of those, or did he seriously just keep this '98 FMF jersey? And every video, everything ever is just that same one. Yeah, I think that. I, I think that's it. I think it's one. There's got to be just one. I don't know. But uh, all right, it's everybody. Dry clean. Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas. Uh, thanks, boys. Appreciate it, and uh, we will talk soon. See you guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil cylinders as a back.
factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years go by.